morning, Heartland. Sorry, I feel a little uh, under the weather a little bit. That's why you'll see me up here with a bottle of water today. Not normally have that up here. But uh, glad everyone was here. If you're here visiting with us, we out a special invitation to you guys. Thanks for coming. Um, we hope everybody had a chance to see or come about the trunk or treat yesterday. We had a lot of people here. There's a lot of candy. We had ten different kinds of chili to try. I only got to try four of them. So uh, everybody else can tell me how good they were because they were all very good, the ones that I had. So hope you guys got everybody who came out and, and uh, helped in any way. Thank you. I want to tell you guys thank you very much for that. Um, now, it's always important to be part of a church body, especially for events like yesterday. It was so cool to see everybody come up and say trick-or-treat at a trunk. We had so many different fun trunks here yesterday. I'm not going to say who my favorite one was because I'll probably you guys won't see me very much afterwards. So, but I, they would, we had 14 trunks, and they were all very cool. It was just so awesome to see that part and to be part of something like that. Because when you're part of a church body like that, you get to be friends with people who love the Lord just as much as you do. And you learn to grow with them. You study with them. You do awesome things. You listen to good music on the way to men's breakfast with them. Now, when Sarah and I first started dating, um, what I did on Sundays was watch fantasy football all day. I had five TVs, my laptop, everything. I was good to go for the rest of the day. But then one day, after a few months there and I dating, she asked me to go to church with her. And I said, well, if it's important to you, then yes, I want to go. So I started coming here, and I just cannot describe what I felt when I first started coming, the love, the welcome I felt. And then I heard the greatest command sung for the first time here, and like, that song, like, blew me away. Like, I'd never heard anything like that before. So that's just one of the reasons why it was so cool to come to this church. And then we started, I started getting more involved and started coming more and more and often. And then you get to talk to other families that had grown up here in the church. And then you get to hear about awesome stories of families getting together. Like, they'll drop kids off over at this house and they'll watch them. And you hear stories about what the kids did as well, you know, creating plays at certain people's houses. And the plays had to have a moral, moral ending to the story, of course. You hear fun things like that. And those stories you hear and those relationships that were created then are still strong today. And that is another awesome thing about being part of a church body. So the friendships that are started here in church at a young age can grow and blossom and become so strong that when they're adults, they can do amazing things together. So I'm going to be in uh, Luke chapter 5 today. You guys want to follow along. But I want to give you a little background on the first five chapters where we get started. So the first section of Luke here, the introduction of Luke chapter 1, is always something that just grabs me in every time I start reading it. It says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Man, that just grabs me in. Like, okay, I gotta, I gotta finish reading this book because it's so good. Now, the rest of the chapter 1 in Luke goes on to tell about the John the Baptist being born. And then the beautiful song that we just sang before I came up on stage is actually from Luke chapter 1 as well. It's sung by Mary, Jesus' mother. 
So in chapter 2 of Luke, you go on to read the birth of Jesus and his uh, him being in, in the temple as a child. Then chapter 3, we go again to the John the Baptist. He is the man who prepares the way for Christ. And he, he preaches a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and would baptize Jesus in order to fulfill all righteousness. So in chapter 4, after we go through the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus is tempted by the devil in three different ways. The devil tries to make him do the right thing at the wrong time, then to make Jesus' work more important than his relationship with God, make his work for God more important than his relationship with God, and then to test God rather than to trust him. So he tempts three different ways, but every time Jesus answers with Scripture, and then Jesus begins his ministry. So after all that, here we are in Luke chapter 5, and then he begins preaching, and then he begins healing and, and preaching and teasing and everything else. He likes to cast out evil spirits. So in chapter 5, begins with John, Peter, and James being called as his first disciples, or his friends, if you will. So then we find, I want to start in verse 17, chapter 5. So one day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat, through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. So then, sometimes we rely on our friends to know how important it is that we must see Jesus. Now, of course, at this time... Being, being paralyzed was seen as a sickness because of your sin. So this guy was paralyzed with sin. Now there had been word of mouth going around about this Jesus guy going around healing people, forgiving sins. So these friends obviously had heard the power of God being working through Jesus, his son. So he had to do what was important was to get him right in front of Jesus. Boys, you want to come up here for a second, Harrison, Preston? I asked these young men to a couple of questions to ask them how important it is. Oh, you got to come up on stage, boys. You guys get this one here. You hold that one. So I asked them two questions. So I want to ask them again. And while they're up here, I asked them, what was it like growing up in church? How important was it? And why? So Harrison, you want to go first? Yep. Growing up in church is important. And why? I think growing up in the church was important for me because... Um, I think it. I think it made me more mature, and I think in the in the things I do, either in school or in sports, um, growing up in the church has just made me more mature in the things I do, whether it be anything, any of the activities that I do. And I think that's very important for me. And I've also made relationships here, friendships here, that I can count on my friends more than I can count on any of them at school. They're just more reliable in the church. And I can count on them more, and I can go to them if I have anything to, if I need anything from anybody, I can count on them more than I can count on anybody from school. Uh, he really hit the nail on the head. Um, but it's more about, like, you can connect with them, and you can fellowship with them, and you have somebody to lean on when you are in need, you have somebody to pray with, and you have somebody to pray about, and they're always there for you. 
Hold on, I'm not done with you yet. I've got one more question for you. But that isn't how wise are these young men? These are just a glimpse of what we have in the youth group. So, guys, the next question I want to ask you was, what have you learned in church that you have used outside of it? Mine would be, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, always don't leave somebody out, even if they look different, if they act different, what they wear, what they look like. There's always those people that need help and you need to be there for. Um, and they might they might be odd, but sometimes that's the best thing. And you always find the best people from that. I think I've learned to be there for people. Um, sometimes at school, there's people that need help, and people at school just aren't really thoughtful enough to step up and take charge in that person's life and be there for them. But I think in church, we have learned as we've grown up to um, always be there, pray for them if they need it, and ask them what they need help with, and that uh, really helps that person. Thank you, boys. Yep. Thank you. Just a glimpse of the youth group and what the next generation is capable of. They are powerful. They know what is going on. They know how important relationships are here at church so that when we come here together on the Sunday and Wednesdays, and then we have small groups throughout the week, reach groups, how important it is. These kids already know that because they can use what we learn here to get our cup full. Then once we go out in the world to start teaching and preaching how good Jesus is, then our cup's going to overflow on other people. Now, so after, the, after it was fun to see the, the boys' response on, on text messages, because that's the best way that I talk to them. They have a group chat. I usually say, how can I pray for you today? And then I start going with the memes. So get serious, then it's fun time throughout the day. But it's great to see these kids and how much they know already about creating relationships and how important it is. So it takes involvement to grow the next generation of Jesus followers and that is what the friends did for the paralyzed man. They knew he was paralyzed with sin, and they had heard of a man who could heal him. So they did whatever it took to get him right in front of Jesus. So in verse 20, Jesus says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, of course, you go on and read the rest of the story. It says, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? This one is the next one. Gets me every time. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Like, what? But you got to remember, Jesus is the Son of God, so he knew what was on their hearts. He says, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and, they, and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Now, for any other fellow Bible nerds out there, the last verse of that, there, Luke uses a word that isn't used in the rest of the Bible called paradoxos. Now, of course, you remember the, here the first part of that was paradox. So that word is only used there to describe the awe and amazement that the people had seen. So the rest of the story goes on that Jesus is, that was one of the things that begins Jesus' ministry and people were, the Pharisees did not like him because he was forgiving sins. 
and that he was claiming to be God. So, with the, with the things with the next generation, we need help. We need help creating relationships. We have reach groups now. In your bulletin, there's a list of reach groups. If you guys can't find one to get plugged in on, go to the talk to the elders to start your own. That's how easy it is. We want you guys to learn together. We want to learn and grow with you. Now, we want to grow with you because it is so easy to fall away. Now, you go out during the week, you get bombarded with things from the world, with things that aren't right, but we need to come back together as a group to learn and feast on God's Word so we can get grace and nourishment from His Word and then take that out and spread that. Now, with the uh, cup overflowing analogy, I know some of you might be like, that's, I don't want anybody's cup overflowing on me no matter what's in that cup. But God's love is in that cup, and that's what we need to spread throughout the world. Because if anything needs kindness, love, and generosity is the world right now. Now, when we show the same compassion and mercy as Jesus, not only is the next generation going to watch and learn, but the world will start to change as well. I ask you today to, to please get plugged in with a reach group or talk to the elders about starting your own. Because we want to be your friend. We want to be with you guys and grow with you. Now, just like the friends that helped the paralyzed man, we want to put people that are paralyzed in sin right in front of Jesus. The way to do that is to be in a group and learn and dive into what you think or what you think Jesus is telling you. So if you feel paralyzed by sin from something, anxiety, depression, if you feel paralyzed by any things of that, as I invite you to come forward as you sing this next song, the elders will be up here, will pray for you, they will work with you, and they'll be up here to receive you to, to help you in any way that they can. Because the best thing that we can do is pray for you and grow with you so that we can all change the world to a better place. Let's, let's stand in worship.